0: To BMI Redefined with Jen and Moe. Let's do
1: this. Oh yeah, let's do this. Today, we have the honor of having a guest on our podcast. His name is John Wright. He is a certified personal trainer and director of operations for Twin Bridges Lightning Hockey. Welcome, John.
2: Thank you. Thanks for having me
1: well glad you could be on with us so we were kind of talking about um, the idea behind BMI and what it means to people and some different translations and perspectives and perceptions and so tell me how BMI enters your life
2: so first I'll give you a, just a slight background on um, kind of what brings me to this and the fitness and athletics so as you said right now I'm director of hockey operations but I um, Actually both degrees that I have are based in the fitness area. So uh, grew up with the love of athletics, but as you can see as things progressed through athletics, fitness and performance sports is all about the output. And that's where I began to really love fitness, you know, and how you can challenge your body and um, the things you can get and do uh, through fitness. Um, and that's where I met you, Jay. Yeah. That's that's the fun part. That's the fun part. And goodness, we can go into stories about that. Later.
1: Yes, we so can. That's the fun part. Right? Yes, so on. We can go home.
2: yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. But no, and that's. I mean, that's what drove me to kind of pursue the degrees and kind of figure out how the body moves. And now it's kind of translated more into the athletic performance for, um, for hockey. But you know, as as you look at BMI and you look at body fat percentage. Um, what's clearly defined on which is which and which one to rely upon and which one you kind of don't know. You know that's, and that's where I think the fitness is a little skewed because there's some individuals that clearly state that BMI is the answer and clearly state and some others clearly state that body fat percentage. Um, I mean I could give you my output or my knowledge on it where I see kind of BMI as um, I see I think it's a little bit more skewed if I'm being honest, just because like myself, um, I'm five, nine and I weigh right about 200 pounds. Um, back when I was playing hockey, I was, you know, a little bit lighter in the weight, but no, now I lift, lift more and Mm -hmm. a little less on the conditioning side of things. Um, but still I can, I can guarantee you if I had my body fat percentage tested, I would still be around 15% body fat. Mm -hmm. But if you went by the BMI standards, I would be obese and Mm -hmm. The question to to be posed here is: If an individual is fifteen percent body fat or less, but they have that weight that's a little bit higher, how is that clearly defined as that obese when that body fat percentage is is so low? You look at military Mm -hmm. standards. You look at some medical standards of saying this is where it is. But I mean, the body fat percentage, which fat is the one that causes disease and illness and Mm -hmm. If that's less on an individual, but they just have more muscle. Where's that? Where's that standard of?
0: Then that number doesn't matter.
2: Right, right. That's the question. Right. That's the question. And I mean, you can go through and there's studies. I mean, I have a couple here listed that is just doctors and everything. Now, I will say this: when it comes to body fat percentage, test how to test it is where it gets slightly tricky. You would have to, I mean, having a professional that knows exactly how to test, mm-hmm. pinching and having calipers and having different ways of truly doing it correctly, I mean, that it's, it's an art, mm-hmm. and it takes somebody that that knows what it is, but it still goes back to the fact of mm-hmm. if I'm 10% and 15% body fat, how is that considered to be obese?
1: Well, and I was reading a study, I think Maureen had given it to me, about looking at the the Americans that were measured for their BMI and there was an instance where there were 54 million Americans that they said were obese but from their BMI perspective but then they went in and did cardio metabolic testing and they were in, in low body fat and high cardio output and all that so it really they weren't really obese so to your point that we see these studies done and they're not finding the information from a perspective and perception, just looking at the person. They're not finding information out from something called BMI. And we talked a little bit on the last podcast about the history Mm -hmm. of that. And it was never intended to be a measure that's used so prolifically as it is today. Yeah.
2: That's, and that's, I mean, it's great facts. It's that's, these are the facts that people need to know. And, you know, I can tell you this right off the bat. If I was to go to the military today, I would fail the BMI test right off the bat. I would not be able to get into the military because of my BMI. I mean, it doesn't, I could guarantee I could pass the two mile, two-mile test, mm-hmm. push-up, sit-up. I can, I'm fully capable of doing that. But if they look at my height and weight ratio, one-stand one chance.
0: Well, when I had my bariatric surgery, I had to meet a certain BMI. right. Mm-hmm. or have an under and have an underlying disease or you know it was it was a, like this formula to make right. it happen right. so I actually I had a little bit of high blood pressure but I wasn't on medication so I had to gain like 10 pounds to meet the 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 BMI of 39 I think is what it was and then I'm like Oh, well, I'm gonna have bariatric surgery, so now I can eat more and I'm gonna and and then I had to lose another twenty pounds to meet that BMI again. You know, it was just to show that I could lose weight. Right. And that, but I still had to be at that certain BMI.
2: See my for the, the surgery. First thought of mine is <laughs> the first thought of mine when you when you hear when I hear that is like you said, you they made you gain
0: Right. 10 well, I didn't have to well, I mean, if I to wanted me, to have the
2: surgery. To meet yeah, right. me that the standard right. of... Right. So I'm thinking my first thought is, you know, looking in the fitness industry, looking all that, you know, it's... How is that healthy?
0: But that's what people do right. because they want this surgery so right. badly because they think it's going to change their lives. And, right. and it does. I mean, it does. It, cha- it did change my life. Right. But, um... But like I said in the last podcast, I still have the same issues. I still have the same, you know what I mean? Yeah. But but mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, uh, but the thing is, is that 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 BMI number really does mean a lot, and it 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 can say yes or no to insurance companies.
1: Right. So I have a question for you, John. It's because we talked about it from kind of a female's perspective last mm-hmm. podcast. So. Yeah. What about from being being a coach? I mean, you're and, working with boys all the time. Yeah. Is this still a factor within their lives as well?
2: So when we do our testing, uh, we do just their specific exercises and specific numbers that we're looking at, and we don't we don't look at body fat percentage. Now I can tell you when you get into, but I I'm youth hockey, so I'm six. Six years old up to 18-year-old.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay.
2: But when you get into college and you get into professional levels, that's where it really comes to play. There's certain elite-level teams mm-hmm. that you'll have to have a certain percentage and you know, really be it's really structured. Um,
1: and you know uh, that because you played in college and you played professional right. hockey as well. Now, yeah. I have a question. Is this pertain
0: to football too? Because I see a lot of different sizes on that football field.
2: See, and that's, see, that's where it gets tricky. I don't know when it comes yeah. to specifics of football. Right. I I, I okay. don't know for sure what yeah. their standards right. are compared to right. kind of the hockey level. Okay. But you're right. You look at a lineman compared to a wide receiver. Right. I mean, a wide receiver, you're looking at five, I would say less than 5% body fat. Huh? You look at a, a lineman where, yeah, bulkier. I mean, it's the game's changed since uh-huh. it once was where they're leaner, but they're you know, fast and they're still... 250 plus.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, yeah. but again, yeah. you look at their BMI is going to be skyrocketing. I mean, sky, it's going yeah, to be very high. Absolutely. Very high. Right. Uh, you yeah. know, how is that healthy? How is that? You know, I didn't go, right. Maybe, is that the reason why you see more injuries out of the linemen? And did you see,
0: well, and as they get older, there are more, mm-hmm. you know, uh,
2: a lot of pressure, a lot of pressure on joints. Yeah, exactly. And ligaments and right. everything. Everything they
0: get the results that they want right. from when they're 20, but then when they're 40, it's like they're in bad shape. Right. Right.
2: And that's the difficult, mm. difficult part to kind of go through. But back to your point of, of the youth hockey sense, yeah. um, I have, he's 14 now, going to be 15, and he, he's in that growth stage where hormones and everything yeah. are kicking yeah. in. He still has a little bit of that baby fat you yeah. know, going through, mm-hmm. but self-consciously the most self-conscious individual I've ever met wow and, and you know you, if people tease him on it he completely mm-hmm. shuts down I mean you look at his play during the games and di- completely different player and you know all it's between the years, you know exactly what it is and it's all because you know, he, I've had his parents come up to me and we've we've tried different kind of figuring out different ways we've done food logs we've done different ways to kind of figure out what we can do to help him lose that weight but I think it all pertains back to his his growth style and just he hasn't hit that that growth yet, yeah. and he's still holding on to that you know that baby fat kind of lead or mm-hmm. how you would even want to call it there. Mm-hmm. But psychologically, it messes with the kid until he hits. And he's probably five six, five seven, so mm-hmm. he's a, you know decent size mm-hmm. for, for a fourteen year old. Yeah, um, going to be big. You know, you can tell yeah, his parents right. are big. He's going to be a big boy. Right. But uh, and it, it's it's hard for him. It's hard for him mm-hmm. to really acknowledge the fact that. He has it now, or maybe he won't, but, I mean, his parents have come up to me in the past and said, you know, he won't go to the pool because he's afraid to take off a shirt. He won't, you know, when friends are going mm-hmm. to the lake, he'll make it up an excuse, so he doesn't, so he's separating himself mm-hmm. completely from situations and, you know, events that could be life-changing, mm-hmm. as who do you meet and what kind of memories you make, and, you know, it's just and that's, that's the tough part.
0: Well, and that's what we deal with with teenagers and body dysmorphia right, right? which right. plays a huge role in many situations right yeah
1: yeah so well that just that's really interesting to hear what you have to say john because you know dealing two different genders and they're both mm-hmm. having to you know address the same I thought we girls just
0: had that issue. I thought
1: so, too. Apparently not. apparently (laughs) not. You mean boys are involved in this, too. Crazy, (laughs) isn't it? Crazy. Humans (laughs) are humans, right? Basically, basically. And that's where we kind of get into this whole idea we're talking Mm -hmm. about, about perceptions and perspectives. And so, you know, this child that that you're talking about is more concerned about what other people are thinking Mm -hmm. about him, okay? And we talk... we talked about this the last podcast. Is We are all into our own, what people think about us. Our own so perceptions.
2: You, look, you know, right? my first thought when I met the kid, because he's a great individual. Sure. You know, the kid's going to be, he's a great athlete and he's very, very intelligent. But look, at. I, I'm curious to see what he's like 10 years down the road. You know, yeah. if he's still, is he that self-conscious about his weight? Is he afraid to proceed with, with certain events just because he's afraid to... You know, I'll go to the pool. Yeah, I'll go, and that—that's yeah. what's scary, and that's, you know, that's you can get a whole another subject of, you mm-hmm. know, of, of what that does. It does it lead to depression? Does yeah. it lead to anxiety? You know, yeah, Well mm-hmm. things, and and then how does it continue to progress?
0: Um, I mean, you know, and I and I'm a performer, and I know this is not you don't know, do sports or anything, but <laughs> I am I'm a performer, and what I remember when I was younger. I mean, what even what you're saying in the sports. Industry relays to performers as well. I mean, we're all performance. Mm -hmm. We're all doing some sort of performance. And when you're standing on that stage alone, it's like, okay. I mean, when I was 100 pounds heavier, okay, are they looking at me? Is my dress weird? You know, am I am I just do I just look huge on the stage instead of focusing on the music and focusing on Mm -hmm. what I was trying to do? Now, now that I've lost that weight. Now I can focus on, okay, this is going to be a great performance or this is going to be a, a performance of sharing and of giving of myself because now I can, I feel free to do that.
1: Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Now it's purely applicable to many people's lives and situations mm-hmm. and venues. Do and- you ever have a body issue?
2: Yes. Uh, there's not a doubt in my mind. Um, mm-hmm so I mean as I grew up I have both my parents full time jobs you know and mm-hmm. when it comes to um, home cooked meals there were f- there were certain nights that you know we did but it was something quick something easy a lot of uh, were a lot of veggies and fruits and you know a lot of lean meats it was spaghetti it was you know different things that's quick easy that could feed I have two sisters mm-hmm. so I feed a family of five very quickly um mm-hmm. And then nights that they're working and sister had volleyball, you know, all these different things you -hmm. grab a pizza on the way home, you know, grab this and you don't realize it until you look back at certain pictures and you're like, holy cow, I was a a chunky kid and Mm -hmm. I was, you know, I was, I was thick and you know, there's certain people that, you know, tease you and things like that. And it didn't really, I mean, I, I always, so I was actually homeschooled up until fifth grade. And then after that, starting getting into the middle school, and that's when you start. To me, that's when you start seeing that. For, for, for my, absolutely, his, his I right think that's that for age. many
0: of us. Oh, yeah. I mean, middle school, high school, it's it's it can be brutal, right? Yeah.
2: And to me, I mean, I, <laughs> yeah. I wasn't too self conscious about it. I mean, obviously, you listen to it, and it. I, my focus was always sports. I just I loved athletics, and mm-hmm. that that was my whole focus. But looking back, and certain things that I do now, and you know, you still remember those kids that are, you know, say, you know, certain things. Mm-hmm. I don't know how um, <laughs> censored you want me to be <laughs> Censored you want me to be here. You can say it. But, you know, you, yeah. but you look at um, mm-hmm. kids would say there was kind of a group of it that you'd like, kid has man boobs and things like, you know, so yeah. you look at, yeah. and you're sixth grade, you're like, holy cow, is this true? You know, it makes you think. But yeah. still this day, you, you think of yeah. and you see certain things and pictures like, holy cow, is do I still have? Those man boobs. That <laughs> right, exactly, right. But, <laughs> right. but it, it sticks with you. Yeah, you always right. remember those certain negative issues mm-hmm. where you know there's so many more positives that you can kind of move forward and see.
0: But Sometimes it's hard to bring out those positives. And then when you're made fun of or bullied about something, then those really stick with you for life. Do. They really do. And it can ruin a person. It like, can. I mean, if, it because straight. if you don't have that self-confidence or to just leave it, then it really will stick with you. So like that boy that you're talking about, I hope that he finds that self-confidence to figure out that you are more than that.
2: Right. So right. I always related back to, again, I'll go back to athletics, because I was very confident in what my abilities, is, what I could do on and off the field, on and off the rink, and I was so confident there. And I you know, always get home from school, I was going to an event. You know and, and so it could have been a bad day at school, but I was had you know, I went to the rink or went to the field and just loved it and brought out so much joy. So I, I could not say like school things and bullying was bad because it, it wasn't by any means, but you know, there's some people and I think that's everywhere. But again, go back to the self confidence you know, you're just so self confident that your abilities were able to kind of overcome relate back to what athletics can bring out in an individual Mm -hmm. and what it can do to help.
0: I know. And I think for me, my music saved me. Yeah. And what about you?
1: Well, I was just, this kind of brings up how John and I met in the first place. So I had been working out with a trainer for about four or five years at the time and he ended up passing away unexpectedly. And so I admit I was just kind of grieving that loss and I pretty much fell off of training for what an entire summer, I believe it was. And put on a few pounds, so to speak. Mm -hmm. So I show up at uh, the gym where Don was working at the time and told my story about kind of the car wreck and everything kind of happening. And then I looked at him and said, okay, what do you think?
2: Let's go back just one (laughs)
0: second. Just one second.
2: So Jenny walks into the gym, walks into the office, and she starts talking about everything that's happened to her. And it, I okay, I I didn't go, I didn't listen to the last podcast, so I don't know if you went into the extent of your injuries. No, we
1: didn't.
2: Holy, that's a whole different podcast <laughs> you could go through and you can make another show just on just on that aspect.
0: And we will be. We oh, will. I yeah. Guess. yeah. So,
2: you know, she's going through about her arm, her leg, her hips and knees and shoulders and I'm thinking how in the world is how can you start working with it? You know, I'll be honest. It, it was, it, and, but on the second hand of that, you were always so positive, and that that's the whole different way. And that's where you see, like yourself now, and the clients you're working with, and what you're trying to do,
1: mm-hmm.
2: the positive that you're going to bring out in the world, and that that's the cool thing.
1: Well, it just kind of comes down to the slogan that my father-in-law helped me craft after the wreck happened and I was in the wheelchair for a while and learning to walk again and all that. And he said, it's not what happens to you, but what you do with what happens to you. Mm-hmm. So that's when, so anyway, John took me on as a client and we kind of got me back in shape, so to speak. So that was really Interesting because we had a lot of good conversations and I started studying to become a trainer and you really helped me understand more how to apply the knowledge that I was picking up through my studies and actually put it into, into practice. So, yeah, you really helped me get back on track.
2: Do you remember, I don't know if you remember this or not, but going back, do you remember some of the first things that you would continually say when you would come to the gym? Like one of the first things that when you met and you said, yeah, I want some personal training, but there's one thing you that you never wanted to do. Do you remember
1: well, back then I thought deadlifts were evil, but now I like them. <laughs> I'm talking.
2: You, one of the first things you What's said, I, I never want to get on the scale. You oh, put me on the scale. <laughs> that's right. Well, but and it was. That's right. But you made it very clear. And we I, didn't. No, never <laughs> do. <did>. Because <laughs> we didn't. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, you look at Forgot the about fitness that. industry, and
1: mm-hmm.
2: we're trying to make you healthy. Mm-hmm. Scale's just a number. We can that's get right. around that. We can work on that. But you made it very clear that you did. You <laughs> keep you away.
0: And did you ever get on the scale when you were at home?
1: About every four months. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, and keep, I tell you, I, I keep, keep, keep track. Your, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. I tell you, yeah. about every four mm-hmm. months. But the main thing was. The mirror. How are my clothes fitting? I was able to wear some of my workout clothes and the bright colors that I used to wear (laughs) back in the day, and so I could just tell things were fit. And I was just feeling better and more energy and climbing stairs better. And actually, he made me run on the treadmill. I cried that day. I think,
2: (laughs) but it worked. It worked. First time she cried. Yeah. Yeah. And you.
1: Because I said I can't do it.
2: Yep. As with
1: metal, metal hips and joints and all that, I said nope, I can't do it, and mm-hmm. you said yes, you can. So it was my own perceived limitation. Mm-hmm. So do you address that kind of thing with your players, perceived limitations?
2: You know, that, that's the tr- that's tricky. Um, yes, I mean, there's a lot of individuals that you know say they can't do this, can't do that, but as you guide them and push them through, you know, you mm-hmm. see it, it. It's different. We go through what we, the whole sport industry and the hockey. What we do, it's so quickly, so quick paced. Where they get to the rink and they warm up, do, ex, do certain exercises. Sometimes we'll have a workout involved. Sometimes it'll just be a warm up. Then we'll get on the ice and then we'll have something specific afterwards. Mm-hmm. But with, I guess, the skewed part is we have teams that are just rotating in. So a lot of times I have one specific team that I put a lot of focus in, but on certain days you're working with one and then the next one comes in. So you're trying to get them into the oh, next. Yeah. So it's, okay. it's hard to sit down with all of them and see. And right now the main team that I focus on is the 18-year-olds. Uh, and, you know, there, there's certain things. A lot of the kids with what they see is, you know, getting into college or getting into kind of making that next jump to from – from eighteen-year-old hockey to maybe twenty-year-old hockey, and then college afterwards, or sometimes even professionally, you know, just trying to go through. But a lot of kids, we had a kid that you know thought his grades were so poor and couldn't do this, can do that. Next thing you know, he's got a partial ride to college, and it's going to be playing <laughs> hockey there. So it, it's kind of taking right, cool. them yeah. step by step and mm-hmm. kind of going through. But you're exactly right: is getting the mindset that they can get get through it and just kind of taking the step at a time and getting them ready and prepared and. Um, Let them know that they
1: can. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, you can do it. That's one of the biggest things that I think we could be telling people and, you know, our our kids and our families and our friends and people around Mm -hmm. us and clients and that you can do this. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I think it's kind of cool. It's kind of like you're my grandpa, John. (laughs) I don't know how to take that. (laughs) I don't know. If that's good or bad. She's like my mama trainer, and you trained her, so you're
1: like you're like my grandpa trainer. She's
0: passing it all down. right. <laughs> I?
1: Yeah, I, I use right? I use a lot of your style She does. She mm-hmm.
0: talks about you a lot,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and uh, most
1: of it's good. It is. It's, good.
0: it's good. keyword most
1: right. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Oh, that's great. That's good.
1: So this has been awesome, John. We are so excited to have you talk with us today and to talk to our listeners. And we look forward to meeting up with you again.
2: Anytime. Appreciate you having me. Thank you. Thank you. It was
1: fun.